What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. One day, she invest all their savings, and they had saved $200,000. And she decided she was going to invest it in a stock, this specific stock. And in one week, the entire $200,000 was gone. She lost it all. And she didn't tell her husband that she had done it. So after she lost it all, she was devastated, heartbroken. That was their savings. That was what they were going to use for a lot of things that they had been dreaming and believing for. And for her, it was everything, because money was everything to her. It was her God. It was her idol. Even though she was a Christian, went to church, money was just so important to her. Money is important, but when it's too important, it marks your life with fear and anxiety so much. And so here she was. She was crippled and paralyzed by this loss of their savings. She calls her parents because there's things they're having to pay for, and her parents you know, basically had to bail them out, help them financially. And she decided she, you know, she had to tell her husband. She knew he was going to find out very soon, so she, she called him. She said, honey, I am so sorry. She's weeping. She just says, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a failure. I'm a failure as a wife, and I, I messed up big time. I lost all of our money. I lost all our savings. You know what her husband said to her? He said, honey, it's just money. That's a really nice husband right there. That's the kind of husband you want to marry, single ladies. He said, babe, we'll get it back. It's not our God. God's our provider. You know what? Today, they're financially stronger than they were before, but they, they changed their lifestyle. Yes, praise God. Their marriage has stayed intact. It's stronger. But money almost ripped them apart. You know, a cause of so many divorces is money problems, finances, my money, my money. I want to do what I want to do with my money. And when money owns you, when it masters you, when it holds you, God's not trying to trap you. He's not trying to handcuff you. He's not trying to make you broke. He's trying to prosper you. You know, I've seen a lot of rich people that have no fears at all. And I've seen poor people that have tons of fears, fears of lack. But then I've seen wealthy people that are miserable and super afraid. And then I've seen poor people that are joyful and have no fear of lack. It's not about how much money is in your bank account. It's what you do with the money you have. It's how you handle it. Wealth can have some side effects. Wealth can have side effects. If you don't handle it right, wealth can plague your soul with fear and worry that someone's going to take it, someone's taking advantage of you, God's trying to rob you, all these things. When you have money, and by the way, everyone in this room and everyone that's watching online, you don't even realize it, but you are so rich compared to a lot of people in the world. America is a small country compared to nations around the world. There's only 300 million people in America. And in China, there's 1.3 billion people, four times the amount of people in that nation. And then in India, 1.3 billion. Did you know half of the world, more than half of the world, lives on less than $3 a day? That means their annual salary is about $1,000. 
sometimes in our world, if we were just to go to a, a, a place of poverty and express our financial stress, they would just look at you and go, are you kidding me? I got nothing, but I got joy, and I got peace, and I'm not afraid of tomorrow. Wealth can have side effects if you don't know how to view it. Billy Graham was traveling and doing crusades with his wife, Ruth Graham. This was several years ago. They were in the Caribbean islands, and this wealthy man, one of the top ten wealthiest guys in the world at that time, invited them to one of his mansions. He had a mansion on the islands, and so Billy Graham and Ruth Graham went there to have lunch with him, and the man starts crying. He says, I, I've never really gone to church. I'm not a church-going guy, but I've, I've seen you on the newspapers. I've heard about your large ministry crusades around the U.S. And he said, I wanted to meet you, and I wanted to tell you something. He said, outside is my yacht, and it's a multi-million dollar yacht, millions of dollars for that yacht. He said, down the road, I have a jet. It's just one of several jets that I own. He said, I have mansions all over the world and some of the nicest places in the world, but he said, I am as miserable as H-E double hockey sticks. He said, I am a miserable man. He said, my money has not solved any of my problems. And he said, and I'm stressed. I'm stressed and I'm worried that someone's going to steal it. So Billy and Ruth, they prayed for that man. They talked to him about what I'm sharing with you today. Because wealth has side effects, and, and the spirit of lack attacks even the wealthiest of people. If you don't know how to view your money, if money is your God, it's constantly going to mark your life with anxiety and stress. It'll be your biggest fear. You won't be afraid of spiders or snakes or terrorist attacks, but you'll be afraid of lack. And today's your day to put fear out of business. On that same trip, they went down the street and they found this older gentleman who had been living on the Caribbean islands for several years. He was a missionary. And he worked two or three part-time jobs to be able to stay there and minister to the people. And he lived in a really small hut. He was so joyful. And he said, I don't have hardly any money, but I'm the happiest man on the island. And Billy turned to his wife and he said, which one do you think is richer? Which one do you think is richer? You tell me, because money doesn't solve your problems. If you don't know how to view money, it will constantly bring you stress. My parents taught us at a young age how to view our money. At a young age, me, John, Sarah, and Ruthie, we learned the master mastery of our money. Instead of being strapped by the fear of lack, we were learning how to trust God in our finances. Something happens when you dethrone that idolatry of money. You just pull it off the throne. You say, money, you don't own me. Money, you don't own me. I, I think in a lot of ways, people are looking for a new life. God has a great plan for every one of us, but we each have to receive it. This new life book really, to me, is a foundational truth of Scripture simplified for you in categories like um, faith and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Healing, uh, confession of the Word. Oh, this is why I was born again, and... 
this is who I am in Christ. It talks about how Jesus came to give you a purpose, how he came to show you what your real purpose actually is. There was a night um, where I was just really feeling sick, and I woke up and I reached over and I was able to take the This New Life book and truly um, made the Word of God come to life in my own life. It is such a quick and easy resource. Like if you were to read through this book and really understand what this book is offering, it will literally change your life. That's what it did for me. Receive your free book today by calling 1-800-760-2360 or go online to pauldoherty.org today. Proverbs 11:24. the wisest man in the world says, the world of the generous only gets bigger, but the world of the stingy, if you keep it to yourself, it gets smaller and smaller. So Jesus teaches us to turn it upside down. And this is what my parents taught me. This is what mentors like Andy Stanley and, and other people in my life, Jensen Franklin, have taught. And as a kid, I've, I've learned the key. Even as a young boy, when, when, when I would mow lawns or bag leaves, it was give first. My dad would give us a you know, $5 bill, and he'd say, what are you going to do with it? And I'd say, I'm going to keep it. It's mine. But not my budget. My dad would say, pull it back out. Okay. He'd say, who gave it to you? You did, Dad. No. Who gave it to you? You did, Dad. No, I was just a vessel. God used me to get it to you. I'm just a vessel. My dad didn't view anything as his own. My mom and dad, they, they viewed everything they had as if it was God's and that they were just vessels. And you know what? I've never seen them lack a day in their life. Have we gone through tight times? Have we lost a lot of things over the years? Yeah. Things that were so valuable to me at one time. I remember for Christmas, I got a robot from Walmart. It was a cool little robot. It was, you know, like $40 and it wasn't like an actual human robot. It was just a small little robot. And Grand Grand bought it for me and it was so valuable to me. But did you know just five, six years later, it ended up in a garage sale and it sold for like 25 cents? I'm sorry, Grand Grand. But... I've kept a lot of other gifts that she's given me. But this is what happens. When you keep stuff to yourself and you think it's all... At the end of your life, everything ends up in garage sales anyways. The greatest investment we can make with our money is not on us. It's on God's kingdom. And so when when we get a five, my dad would say, okay, 10%, Paul. This was a tithe. This is what the Word of God teaches, not the commandments of Moses. It's... It came before Moses. It started with Abraham in Genesis 12, a tithe to God. This wasn't under the law. Jesus talked about it in the New Testament, not as a, as a law that was legalistic, but as a starting point of trusting God with your finances. And so 10% of a five was what? Math, math question. 50 cents. Somebody had to say, put 50 cents in the giving jar. All right, now... How do you break the fear of lack? Put 50 cents towards saving. Before you go and spend everything, go ahead and put some. This is going to go up and down. This is going to help you on rainy days. This is the 80%. This is what you live on. This is to pay your bills. This is to take care of the things you want. But this is the greatest investment you can make with your finances. At a young age, me, John, Sarah, and Ruthie, we learned the master mastery of our money. Instead of being strapped by the fear of lack, we were learning how to trust God in our finances, right? And, and this is something, parents, you can teach your children. You say, why would I want to teach them that? Why would I want to teach them how to be generous? I want to teach them how to keep it all themselves. No, you don't, because one day it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to come back to bite you. 
He said, well, Paul, it's my money. It's their money. If you live like that, not only are you robbing God, you're robbing yourself. And you're going to constantly live in the fear of lack, that you won't have enough. But man, something happens when you dethrone that idolatry of money. You just pull it off the throne. You say, money, you don't own me. 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 You don't own me. I'm not living under the fear of lack any longer. Something happens. It breaks you free. And God wants to do that for you today. I love how Elijah finishes the story as she trusted God. Once that woman that Elijah was talking to, as she trusted God and helped in that situation, something happened in her life. She had a limitless supply. Malachi 3 says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Trust me in this. Test me in this. Watch what God will do. Something happens when you stop trusting in money as your God, and you start trusting in God, God starts filling this tank up. God starts filling this tank up. You cannot out-give God. You cannot do... And I know you get this. But I feel in my heart just to share one last story with you. And before I do, let me just finish the last part of Jesus' teaching on money. In Matthew 6, he says, don't worry about tomorrow what you will wear, what you will eat, what you will drink. Is not life more important than food? Isn't the body more important than clothing? Look at the birds in the air, he says. God takes care of the birds. Aren't you more valuable than them? He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about tomorrow. Look at the lilies in the fields. God clothes them. God knows what you need. The pagans, they seek and they search. And who are the pagans? It's the people that don't believe there's a God. They don't believe there is anything after this life. Everything is for this life. It's all for right now. There's no point to leave a legacy, and there's no point to be remembered as a generous person. And there's nothing that we should give towards because there's no eternity. That's what pagans think, that money is all for right now for them. But God says don't live like that because they don't realize that there is an afterlife. There's something beyond this earth. And so Jesus, here's how you break fear of lack. Here's how you put the fear of lack to business life. When lack attacks, strike back by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that you're lacking, everything you don't have, God's going to take care of your needs. Come on, Jesus. That's powerful. I remember 10 years ago, this exact month, I was a senior at Oral Roberts University. Come on, ORU. Right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And something bad happened in our university. It was all over the news. All of a sudden, it looked like the university wasn't going to make it. It came out the news that our, our university was $52 million in debt. My dad was placed as the interim president at the university during that time. And I remember as a student, as a senior, the fear, the fear of tomorrow, the fear, the fear of what's going to happen was plaguing our whole campus. It was like a cloud of heavy depression was sitting on the university. Students were dropping left and right. 
leaving our university and professors were telling us, I remember several professors coming and saying, you need to see if you can transfer to Evangel or Liberty or Reason or John Brown University because your degree is not going to count. This university is closing down. The professors were telling us this. And then I was sitting there as a senior just, what? And they said, chances are you're only going to have one-third of your credits transfer into those universities. So you're going to have to take over some classes. And I was... I was angry, I was upset, I was afraid, I was, and then my dad was in that position and he was in such a tough position because everyone was kind of just looking at him as the one that was going to be there as the ship went down. And the senior class was just plagued with fear and anger and questions. And I even went to my parents, I said, what are we going to do? Do I need to transfer? Do I need to go to another university? And they said, no, we need to pray. We need to pray. God is still on the throne. So I'm walking through the prayer gardens of our university. I'm walking on the soil and the land that was built with the spirit of faith by a man named Oral Roberts who trusted in God with the power of his seed. And he kept reading these scriptures and, and writing books about how as a farmer plants seeds, harvest will come. Though it carries weight for it, the harvest will come. But I'm, I'm weeping, and then I find out during this time, the biggest reason I went to ORU, the biggest reason I went to the, the school was there was a scholarship that I got right before my freshman year, and that was the biggest reason. And guess what? In that moment, that fall, it was taken away my senior year. Next, you're going to have to pay back every penny of the four years you did. More than $80,000. We didn't have that money. And here I am, more afraid and more mad, and I'm going to my parents' home. What are we going to do? I couldn't speak that night. I was paralyzed. And when you're in those situations, you can't see a bright future. You can't see light at the end of the time. All you see is darkness. Anybody ever been there before in your life? And anyone who's been there, you know what I'm talking about. It is a crippling feeling. And yet my parents just kept praying. God, we need a miracle. We need a miracle for Paul, but more importantly, we need a miracle for this university because it's God's university. This is God's university. It's interesting how in the story of Elijah and the widow, these two people didn't even know each other. There was no connection. Why would God pick a widow in Zarephath? And why would God pick this prophet to be connected to a woman or son? And why would this divine relationship happen? All because God had a plan of provision. And sometimes his plans of provision come from left field. So my dad gets a phone call in late November, early December, and this guy is talking to my dad on the phone. He's never been to ORU, didn't graduate from ORU, had no connections to ORU, didn't have any kids at ORU. But he says, hey, Billy Joe, I, I just can't stop thinking about this school. And I'm seeing things in the paper, and my heart grieves for these students. And, and I see that you're in this position of, of, of president. I, I want to talk to you about what we can do. Well, this guy happened to own a little store called Hobby Lobby. You might have heard of it. They got a few around the world, I mean, around our country. Until you've been at a place of extreme lack, you'll never know how amazing God's provision is. But for those of you that have, you know what I'm talking about. 
And for those of you in this room that you're still trusting in your money, I warn you, you're headed for a crash. I know you're rich. I know you got everything you need. And you think your money made it all happen. But if you don't put God first, at some point you're going to come to the bottom of the barrel and you're going to need God's help. Because you'll turn left and you'll turn right. You'll look all around and no one can fix your, your money problems like God can. He is Jehovah Jireh. And when you call on God, God will show up. He will because he loves you and he's faithful. Even when you're faithless, he's faithful. That's how good he is. But if you know you're going to need God's help at some point down the road, why not start today? Why not invite God into your finances right now? So David Green comes and he says, I got something for the school. And he brings this check, $70 million from Mark Green and David Green. $70 million paid off all the debt at ORU and then some. And today, 10 years later, ORU is doing better than it's ever done before. It's healthier financially than it's ever been. And it's an amazing university. But I got even better news. At least it was better news for me. I thought I was going to be in student loans for a long time. That same year, God showed up for my mom and dad, for my scholarship, for the stuff that we had to pay for. It was covered by God's grace, by his provision. It was paid for that year. And it wasn't from the Green family. It was from something else. God knows how to get it to you if he knows he can get it through you. You say, how do I tap into that unlimited buffet of God's provision? I'm telling you, the medicine is painful if, if money is your God. The answer is painful if money sits on the throne of your heart. But if you can dethrone it and say, you know what, money doesn't bump me. It's not going to grip my life anymore. It's not going to stir up fear like it has in the past. I'm going to start giving to God a tithe, a tithe. And I'm going to stop acting like God doesn't does it own my money. I'm going to stop acting greedy. I'm going to start trusting in him. During that time, our family kept giving. Even when we were going through lack, as the university looked like it was closing down, we kept giving. Why? Because there's power in your seed. Even during the desert seasons, even in the dark seasons, there's power in your seed when you know who your source is and God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus Hey, I hope the message ministered to you today. I pray that it inspired you, challenged you, and reminded you that with God on your side, you're never in lack. And when you put God first in your finances, I'm telling you, he's faithful to take care of your needs. Just like you heard in the message today, when you choose to give, then save, then spend, that, that process is going to help you with your finances to know that you always want to put some to the side to save, but then the side of constantly honoring God with something with your finances. And I'll tell you this, I've never been at a place where, you know, I gave too much to God or too much to help God's kingdom advance, and I regret it. I'm telling you, every time I've given to God, God's always taken care of my needs, and I believe he'll take care of yours. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just say this, God, I surrender. All I am, all I have is yours. Jesus Thank you for giving your all so that I could experience life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
hey, you just prayed that prayer. Number one, you just put your faith in God. That's a great first step as a believer. The next thing in that prayer, you said, Lord, I surrender. Let's live that out. Let's walk that out. What would it look like for you to live a life totally surrendered to God? We want to send you a book called This New Life on what it looks like to live a fully surrendered life to God. If you'd like that book, you could call the number at the bottom of the screen or go to my website, pauldoherty.org. You can find all kinds of resources there, mini books, sermons for free to watch, and you could get fed more and more in that life of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Thanks so much for watching today. To all of our partners, we want to say a big thank you for helping support this ministry. We can't do it without you. And never forget, your best days are right in front of you. This story is about the gospel, about the Great Commission, and about you. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news. This ministry has and always will be about one thing, helping people. Around the world, through our missions programs, hundreds of thousands of people have been helped practically and spiritually by the generous support of people like you. Through TV alone, we are seeing more lost coming home, more addicts being set free, more sick healed, more miracles, but there's still so much more, and this is just the beginning. When you go to pauldoherty.org and give, you're saying you want to be a part of this great commission. As we partner together, you and I will see God move in miraculous ways. Please call or go online right now to give at pauldoherty.org. Thank you. Your gifts make a difference in people's lives every day. I, I think in a lot of ways, people are looking for a new life. God has a great plan for every one of us, but we each have to receive it. This new life book really, to me, is a foundational truth of Scripture simplified for you in categories like um, faith and baptism of the Holy Spirit. Healing, uh, confession of the Word. Oh, this is why I was born again, and this is who I am in Christ. It talks about how Jesus came to give you a purpose, how he came to show you what your real purpose actually is. There was a night um, where I was just really feeling sick, and I woke up and I reached over and I was able to take the This New Life book and really um, made the Word of God come to life in my own life. It is such a quick and easy resource. Like if you were to read through this book and really understand what this book is offering, it will literally change your life. That's what it did for me. Receive your free book today by calling 1-800-760-2360 or go online to pauldoherty.org today. Thank you for watching. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our television partners and friends. You have ways of thinking walled off in your mind that are keeping you from the life that God wants you to live. Keep up to date with the Hillsong channel on social media. The idea of just being family, I think, is so powerful. And access exclusive content like live videos, behind-the-scenes photos, inspirational quotes, and moments from some of your favorite shows. Plus, information on how, when, and where you can watch episodes of programs you may have missed. Simply search at Hillsong channel on social media and get connected today. Well, firstly, thank you so much for being part of our Hillsong Channel audience. So glad you're watching. I wanted to talk to you about this book I've written. There is more. Writing books is one thing, but we write them to help people.
And I really genuinely believe this book can help you to speak into your situation. It's a book about the will of God, God's great adventure for your life. And I know that God has more for you. And if you go to thereismorebook.com, you can order this book, and I know it's going to bless you. Welcome to Hillsong Channel Now, the one-stop destination for the very best from Hillsong Channel. We just have to all around the world. Watch original series, kids' shows, conferences, worship, kids' programs, and more. There's something for everyone. My goodness, I can't wait to get started. And with new episodes every week, you'll always have something to watch. Anytime, anywhere. It's TV that will equip you for your every day. I don't know how you couldn't get excited. We're about to shift gear. I didn't notice you before. Watch your favorite shows on your favorite device. Commercial free. I know that's right. Hey, This calls for great celebration. Head to hillsongchannelnow.com and subscribe today. And you'll receive your first month absolutely free. Hillsong Channel Now. Anytime, anywhere. Hey, welcome to Walking the Word TV. Today, you're here on a very cool day because we are starting a brand new series, Think Differently. Yeah, the whole thing is is that uh, if you really want to change, if you're trapped in a cycle of sin, confess, if you can't seem to get traction forward, if there's... Yeah, me to play. 
my downfall. Turned out to be the greatest victory in my life. But it's all right to fast and hard. There's only one that can come and make it right. So ain't no need to stress it. Come in. Cause he was so out just like he did the last time. Last night. The last time. I know, I know, I know.
God has already given you. Now it's time for you to forgive yourself. Don't let who you were interfere with who God's allowing you to become. All right, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. No, what up, dude? Uh, how you doing? Oh, I'm tired, but I'm all right. I do understand the thing I tell you. Well, well I tell you, I overslept this morning. <laughs> I yeah. I'm going to I'm surprised with your voice. I was like, when you said good morning, I was like, he at school already. <laughs> no, I ain't there yet. I don't have to be there at 8.15, but the point is I normally get up at 5 so I can do my reading and everything. Mm-hmm. And I got up at 5, 4, that thing said, when I heard the news, it said 5, 4, 6. I said, oh my, 5, 4, the what? <laughs> Shoot. I had to do after the Lord, I ain't gonna be able to get a chance to read all the scriptures that I normally would read, but I had to read some. Right, to right, get right. Started, right, gotta read some. I feel you. I yeah. Young man, I feel you. And this Mitch Max weather that we got down here, hot one day in the morning, 40 some degrees. By the time the evening comes, it's 80 degrees. You, you stop up with this pollen and stuff, man. Mm. I can't wait to this. The flowers, the trees, and flowers go on and bloom. Mm. Pollen ain't no joke. Yeah, well, it is springtime. Yeah, and it's springy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, first day of May, can you get with it? Wow. Five months a year already. Five months into the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, uh, had a good message Sunday. I got a chance to hear some of that while with the service. Oh, okay. And a very fiery message. You came on on fire. All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Hey, thank God be God. Yes, yes, yes. You yeah. go ahead and open us up. Yes, Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord God, to begin our week, Lord God, as, as true worshipers and believers, Lord God, of what many members of one body, Lord God, to praise your holy, your righteous name. Oh God, we give praise and thanks to you, Lord God, for the newness of this day. We thank you, O oh Heavenly Father, for watching over us as we slept last night. Thou who never slumbers nor sleep, Lord God, you kept your protection, your protection all around us. You charged your angels to build a hedge protection around us, Lord God, to keep us even while we was resting, Lord God. That we could wake up refreshed and renewed and restored, Lord, to give praise to your holy and righteous name. Father God, we seek your face this morning, Lord God. We seek your presence. We seek your Holy Spirit. We ask of your anointing, Lord God, that it be a part and upon us, Lord God, so we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Father God, I just give praise and thanks to you, 
Lord God, for allowing us to live to see another day. I thank you, Lord God, that you held back the devil angels from around our bedside, Lord God, so that we could rise to see another day that's granted and receive the blessings that you have for us each and every day. Lord God, this is brand new blessings, brand new mercy, brand, brand new grace, brand new peace. Lord God, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that has brought us forth, Lord God. We come to just give praise and thanks to you for all that you've done and that you're doing in our lives. Even as we go about our business, Lord God, we cannot do it without you, Lord God, being present and evident in our lives. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you will just bless this call, Lord God, so that those who participate and come on here will be fed with the food that you have provided, provided for them, Lord God. For we just want to just a club, Lord God. For even as the scripture teaches us about the Samaritan woman, when she came and asked of Jesus, Lord God, to hear that uh, prayer for her, her daughter on behalf of her daughter, he said, what do I have to do with thee? I thou Samaritan. She said, but even master, the dogs eat from the even the dog eats from the crumbs that falls from the master's table. So, Father God, we just want to thank you just a little bit of you, Lord God. We want to feel your anointing and your presence in our lives. We ask you to come and keep us and protect us as we go about our day, as even on our jobs, whether it's to go pay bills or even those laying at home, Lord God. Let us just lift up holy hands. Give bless your holy name. Father God, we thank you for this man of God, Lord God, who's going to bring the word, Lord God. Let him speak the words that you have for us to hear, Lord God, or those who can hear it, Lord God, and let them receive it, Lord, with a receptive spirit, Lord God. Let us not turn away from doing what is right and pleasing in your sight, but let us press towards the mark of the higher calling that's in Christ Jesus, Lord God. We realize, Lord God, it's not by our own blessings, it's by your grace and mercy that we have not been consumed, Lord God, is that we have been forgiven of our sins and our sinful in evil ways. For each and every day, Lord God, we fall short of your glory. We fall short of your blessings. We fall short of your anointing, Lord God. But by grace, Lord God, your grace has kept us it just thus far. Father God, we ask, Lord God, and pray for those who are unsaved. For many of us, Lord God, know many members are in our families who yet have not confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So many people are going by their own ways and saying that they don't have to be a part of a church, Lord God, to be a part of it, to believe in you. This is true, but Lord God, you say in your word that we should not forsake the assembly of the saints, Lord God. So let let them come, Lord God, and confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let them give their lives over to you so they can receive the salvation that has been promised to them, Lord God, that's in the heavens, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing and how you're moving in our lives. We pray even, God, for the leaders of this country. We pray for America as a whole, Lord God, even the, those who sit in authority and making laws and government decisions for the leaders of those who are, who are us, Lord God. Let them remember, Lord God, that we are your children. We are the sheep of your pastures. We are kings and queens, and we are priests. Are part of the royal priesthood, and we are to be treated as such, Lord God. Father God, we ask you to change the mind of those with the kings and the, and the presidents, Lord God, and the governors, and all these people, even the bosses of 
on our jobs, Lord God, and let them know that what they've done to the least of them, they've also done it unto you. Lord God, bless us. Cover, keep us, and protect us. We pray for the unsaved that they would turn their lives off to you. And we're going to pray to you. Thank you, Lord God, because our prayers does not work unless we have the faith and to know the blessing, to know that you have given us the blessed assurance that you heard about our prayers and that you're answering them. Lord God, so we're going to reverence you as God of our lives, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, Lord God. You are everything that we need because you said that you are the great I am. And so, Father God, we call upon you right now to move right now in our lives. Cover, keep us and protect us from all dangers seen and unseen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Um, it might have been yesterday. I'm not. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, either yesterday, the day before, whatever. Me and Gully got together in prayer. It was kind of interesting, I was, you know, just in the middle of doing whatever, and the Lord just stopped me. And he had me to get together with prayer right then and right there with him. And we went on and got, to, you know, got together and prayed. And um, what came out was that there were blessings on the way. And that prayer that we did began to draw the blessings toward us. You know, it was just out of obedience. And we just did it. Yesterday, um, the Lord said that we need to get together in thanksgiving prayer until the manifestation of such arrives. And that's what I'm telling you all. You all need to be into thanksgiving prayer because blessings are on the way. You need to begin to praise your God and thank him for what is coming. You need to thank him like you already have it. Because he has opened up a doorway of prosperity and blessing. He has opened up an avenue for you to begin to walk in the things that you've been desiring. So now praise him now. Praise him now. Praise him now. Praise him like you have it already. See, this is what we must understand because spiritually it's there. It just not, has not manifested. Just like when Daniel prayed for the answer and the, and the Lord told him, well, we were on our way, but Satan hijacked us, and it took us three weeks to get you the answer. So your answer spiritually has been given. Now you need to continue to give God the praise. You need to praise him like you already have it in your hand. You need to praise him because of your turnaround. Praise him because of your breakthrough. This is a prayer of thanksgiving. You don't have to pray for him to bless you. You have to give him thanks for he has already done it. Because the Lord has opened up an avenue where we're all going to be blessed and prosperous and walking more in the anointing and the and the word and the prosperity that God deems us to have. Because he said it's time. It's time. It's time. So hold your head up. Give you a shout out. And let God continue to be God in your life. And I just give you the praise and glory, Jesus, in your holy name. And so, amen. Amen.
Amen. All righty then. Okay. I swear I had meant to get the other book. I didn't do it yet. Okay. <laughs> Walking after the spirit, the dangers of a spiritual life, the love of the spirit, the principle of mind aiding the spirit, the normal the normalcy of the spirit. The dangers of a spiritual life. Nothing is more vital to the Christian life than to walk daily after the spirit. It is this that maintains the Christian in a constant spiritual state, delivers him from the power of the flesh, and assists him to obey God's will always, shields him from the assault of Satan. Now that we understand the operation of our spirit, we must immediately walk by it. This is a moment-by-moment affair from which there can be no relax. Okay, wow, Jesus, really, that's what you're going to say early in the morning. Okay, yeah, I might be a little late, Lord, but you're going to still tell me this, you know. Come on, come on, come on, Jesus, really? you trying to tell me ain't no break. <laughs> Nothing is more vital to the Christian life than to walk daily after the Spirit. So, he said nothing is more vital to the Christian life than to walk daily after the Spirit. If it's vital, that sounds like a life or death thing. If we walk after the Spirit, then we're walking after God. If we walk after the flesh, then we're walking after us. Or we're yielding to the ways of the world. That, that's, that's what he says is vital. It is this that maintains the Christian in a constant spiritual state. Okay, so we have to be in a constant spiritual state. Man, what are you talking about? I I don't want to do that. How can you do that? What are you talking about? Well, then I go back to the word of God says before that you need to pray always. I can't be praying always. Okay, well, you know, you have to. Mm, Wow. Wow. See, now, 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 as we're learning about spirit, soul, and body, as we're learning about how the spirit operates, now, the more you do it, the more you understand it, the more you're connected. I just stated that, out of well, to me, out of the clear blue sky, God just stopped me in the middle of what I was doing, spoke to me, and told me and Gully to pray together. Well, see, as you do this continuously, you learn how to keep your spirit open to God. It does not mean that you're always praying, that you're conscious of. But it means that you're focusing on things of God. As I was ministering last night to the girl about she was talking about her job situation. I said, well, you know what, if you change your mindset about how you're dealing with them to the point that you're looking at that you're ministering to them rather than dealing with them, then it might help you with your attitude on the job. Well, so now, if you're at the point where somebody comes to you and you go, okay, God, what is it that this person needs? Okay, God, how can I address this? Okay, God, how can I solve this problem? Arthur, okay, God, what's the best way to reach these children today? 
Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but right now, Lord, what's the best way to reach these children today? See, when you're doing that type of thing, see, God is your source. He's your source. So you're going to your source at that particular time and asking him what's the best resolution for this problem. In the process of you doing it, you're staying connected because you're open, you're yielding, you're talking, you're seeking, and you're allowing God to reveal things to you. That's what he's talking about in a constant state of prayer, in a constant state of being connected to the Father. But you have to be trained by the Holy Spirit how to do that. And it only comes by you doing it constantly over and over and over again. It is this that maintain, nothing is more vital to the Christian life than to walk daily out the Spirit. It is this that maintains the Christian in a constant spiritual state. Delivers him from the power of the flesh and assists him to obey God's will always and shields him from the assault of Satan. So doing that will cover you, protect you, lead God, and direct you. Now that we understand the operations of our spirit, we must immediately walk by it. This is a moment-by-moment affair from which there can be no relaxing. So now he's breaking it down. Yeah, I was nice when I said this. you got to do this daily. But in reality, you got to do this moment-by-moment. In reality, you have to keep a kayak got to seek the Lord. Again, if he's your source, then you're more used to doing it. It's just like a diet, okay? A diet is you, you stop for a period of time to change your eating habits because you're trying to lose weight or whatever it is that you're doing. But now when you do it consistently, it's no longer a diet. It's a way of life. Oh, I don't, I don't eat meat anymore I, or I only eat certain types of meat. I only eat meat limited occasions. It's now become a way of life. Now you're you connected to your body in a sense that you, when my body starts, okay, I need to cut down on my meat intake or I need to do more vegetables. I need Because now you're listening to your body and you're allowing your body because of, the, the, of what your body is doing or telling you because, see, you're connected to your body. You're noticing if you're more sluggish, if you're more tired. You're noticing different things if you feel like you're bloated. You're noticing things because you're connected and your body is talking to you and you're listening. So now that you understand that with your body, it's the same thing with the Spirit of God. The more that you're in tune with God by spending time with God, you're hearing from God. Okay. In these days, we must be keenly alert to the peril of receiving the teaching of the Holy Spirit while subsequently rejecting his, his leading. Okay, let me read this again. Come on, back to this up. Now that we understand the operation of spirit, we must immediately walk by it. This is a moment-by-moment affair from which there can be no relaxing. In these days, we must be keenly alert to the peril of receiving the teaching of the Holy Spirit while subsequently rejecting his leading. On this very point have many saints stumbled and fallen. To acquire teaching alone is not sufficient. We must also accept the leading. Wow. Hmm. Okay. See, when I first read it, I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you talking about? But that comes back to what I tell you all the time about application. Application. Because, see, what you know in your head is what you think you know. Not until you really apply it do you really begin to know it and understand it. Application. Because you have, 
<laughs> That's my boy. I'm laughing at him. <laughs> but I, I'm just seeing transformation in his life from what, what he knew how things were going to be, what he knew from I'm going to start this church. Well, I'm going to do this. Now that he's applying, he's beginning to walk. Oh, how things change. How things change. Application. You hear his word, but not till you apply it in your own walk for yourself. With your own life situations, will you truly get an understanding of how God works, and not only how God works, but how God works with and for you? Mm. What do you mean God works different? Ain't you different? Ain't each and every one of us different? No, his word is not changing. His principles don't change. But how he deals with each and every one of us is different. We talked about that the other day, about about who has a greater life, that the fathers of those who have a more understanding, they have more liberty because they understand the word, they understand the thing so that when you talk about food offered to idols, it ain't nothing but a piece of wood and I'm hungry. But those who don't have the the, 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 the learning, don't have the experience, that food's been offered to an idol. I can't eat that. So you're wrong. It's not that they're wrong. They just don't have that understanding or experience yet. But see, that comes through application. In your own personal walk. I'll just keep reading this. Y'all don't want to hear that today. Hmm. That's some good teeth. In these days, we must be keenly alert to the peril of receiving the teaching of the Holy Spirit while subsequently rejecting his leading. On this very point, many saints stumbled and fallen. To acquire teaching alone is not sufficient. We must also accept the leading. We should not be content with just spiritual knowledge, but treasure as well the walk after the Spirit. Often we hear people drop the words, the way of the cross. But what is this way after all? It is in reality nothing else but walking by the Spirit. Since to walk in that fashion necessitates the committing of ideas, wishes, and thoughts to death, exclusively following the Spirit's intuition and revelation depends the men are bearing the cross daily. Hmm. Hmm. Often we hear people to drop the words, the way of the cross, but what is this way after all? It is in reality nothing else but walking after we're walking by the Spirit. Since to walk in that fashion necessitates the committing of our ideas, wishes, and thoughts to death. Exclusively following the Spirit's intuition and revelation, the men are bearing the cross daily. So what he's saying is you begin to subjugate your your thoughts, your wishes, your will. You begin to put them below that of God, his thoughts, his desires, his wishes. His demands. You put that beneath your own. So that means you're doing what the Spirit tells you to do. Who shut a gun out of the car? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You do what the Spirit tells you to do and not what you want to do. And it becomes an everyday, it becomes a way of life. Yeah. Okay. All spiritual believers know something of the operation of the spirit. The experience of it, however, is often sporadic. 
because they have not fully understood all the laws which govern its function. Hmm. But with their intuition well developed, they can walk steadily after the spirit without any interference from the outside. No, all that is outside the spirit is considered the outside realm. I'm going to read all that again. All spiritual believers know something of the operation of the spirit. In other words, because you are a child of God, that means you've accepted him as your savior. You know something about walking in the spirit. What do I mean by that? First of all, you can't be a child of God unless you accept Jesus as your savior. I didn't say Lord, because that's a whole other thing. Because it said Lord and Savior. The day that you accepted Jesus was the day that something was different. You might have been in church before. Somebody may have said the same thing to you before. But that particular day that you said yes because you knew you needed him, that was something in your spirit that pricked you differently than all the other times before. So that moment, you will you will listen to your spirit lead you. All spiritual believers know something of the operation of the spirit. Their experience of it, however, is often sporadic because they have not fully understood all the laws which govern its functioning. So now, he's saying their experience of it is sporadic because they don't understand the laws. I grew up in a Baptist church, and, you know, compared to now what I know and what I saw back then, when somebody got the Holy Spirit, they would jump up and shake and fall out on the floor, and that was them getting the Holy Spirit. Well, now that I'm going through a lot more, that's just like them, the power of God coming on them, and they're not really understanding how to receive it and to release it. That's okay, you might go through that initially, fall out of the floor, but you need to be learned. And the Holy Spirit will teach you, but that means you might have to go outside of where you're at to learn it. That's the beginning stages of receiving the Holy Spirit and then learning how to release it, like a catch and release program when you go fishing. I really don't like to fish in those areas because I catch it. I'm going to keep it unless it's like one of those itty-bitty things, you know, I got to throw back. Okay. I'm, bring, I'm, I'm reeling it back in. Don't, don't. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. But anyway, so God will teach you how to receive from him, and then he will also teach you how to release from him because you need to understand that process so that you can grow in him. See, if we worship God in spirit and in truth, if we connect with God from a spirit-to-spirit relationship, then you have to get beyond the falling out on the floor because that's all you're going to get. you got to get to the point where you can walk up out of the go to the to go home, what you say? Like the other day when I was praying for Nate, that was so funny to me. That was so funny to me. But, but it's because of the fact that I do this all the time now I can do it without losing it. But when my mother came in and was talking about the flowers, I consider the fact everything we just went through, I thought it was very important that I paid some attention. So I was able to disconnect what is the mom, uh-huh, and go see what she was talking about, but yet and still minister. But it's because of the fact that I do it all the time. That's all it is. That's all it is. And God is no respected person. 
Some of you all do the same thing on your jobs. Something that you do, you do, you do it constantly. Somebody might come in and you can stop what you're doing, deal with that, and go right back and that without losing a step. Because you do it all the time. You're familiar with it. You know it. Whether it's teaching, reading, cleaning, mopping, whatever it is that you do for a living. You, I mean, now there are times when you have to really focus on it, but there's some other times it becomes redundant because you're familiar with it. So what I'm trying to say, that same way that you've gotten familiar with doing your job, even if driving, Arthur, I can guarantee you Arthur drives from, from um, Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, and there are times that he doesn't even realize what he's doing because his mind has gone somewhere else. Because he's so used to driving on this route, and he starts thinking and focusing on somebody, and he doesn't oh, look up, he doesn't pass his exit if he don't pay attention. Because he's become familiar with because he does it all the time. That's how God needs you to get with him. Because you communicate and exercise and talk and spend time with him on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, you're not familiar with him. Okay, I'm going to just open this back up and just... All spiritual believers know something of the operation of the spirit. The experience of it, however, is often sporadic because they have not fully understood all the laws which govern its function. But with the intuition well developed, they can walk steadily after the spirit without any interference from the outside. No, all that is outside the spirit is considered the outside realm. But not having assimilated the laws of the spirit, they interpret life in the spirit as oscillatory, devoid of rule, and arduous to practice. Many are determined to heed God's will and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, but they lack a positive, forward-propelling heart because they are not sure if the guidance of the intuition is wholly dependable. Okay, right there. Mm. That, that, that's it right there. Mm. 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 Many are determined to heed God's will and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, but they lack a positive, forward-propelling heart because they are not sure if the guidance of the intuition is wholly dependable. You're questioning what you're doing. Y'all do it all the time. I hear it. I got to know what he's doing. I don't know what's going on. I just, would you get up out your head? You, <laughs> yeah, okay, but that's it. You got to learn how to walk and how to trust, and you got to practice it. That's the only way it's going to happen how to walk, how to trust what God is telling you to do. Many are determined to heed God's will and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I'm going to do what God tells me to do because that's what he wants me to do. Okay. And you say that, you, you, yeah, I, I, yeah. You, you, you say that. But then you take two steps and then you start doing what you want to do and what he wants you to do, and you be back and forth. Okay. Uh huh. You got to learn how to separate. You got to learn the difference. You constantly have three voices, well, minimum of three. Some got 23. But anyway, you have your voice, which is the voice of your flesh, the enemy's voice, which is the enemy, and the Spirit of God. Those three voices are talking to you all the time. You got to learn the difference between the three. 
and the Holy Spirit wants you to know. So it's not like it's something you're going to, you might struggle with it, but you have to go through what's necessary in order to differentiate it. He's not going to try to keep you in the dark regarding it. He wants you to know his voice more than you want to know it. So now you might have to do certain things so you'll be able to distinguish the voices. That's where fasting comes in. That's where doing it out of obedience comes in. That's where going in the wilderness comes in. What do I mean by that? Fasting. Because one of the main things you're doing when you're fasting is you're breaking off the power of the flesh. I got to eat. I got to drink. So now you've told your flesh no. Immediately the moment you tell it no, you get thirsty. You get hungry. I'm going fast, all of a sudden you just get hungry. That's your flesh. Just rearing his head. Or the enemy talking to you. You don't need to fast. It ain't going to do no good. And so now here you go fasting, and you're waiting for God to talk to you so you can hear his voice, and you're wondering why you're doing this stupid stuff. It don't make no sense. But then you go ahead, out of obedience, let me go ahead and read my Bible. Let me go ahead and do this. You do the things that you know you need to do. You go to work. You do the things that you need to do as you normally do. And you're still waiting to hear the voice of God, and, you, and you, you're just waiting. But what you don't recognize is somehow or another you flow through the day or there was a connection or there was more focus. Yeah, it's a lot of things you don't really recognize immediately, but they happen. And as you continue to do this, you recognize that when you come out of it, how you're different. Practice. One of the things I used to marvel at is whenever I would fast, something crazy would happen. I really know it. I remember one time a car came all across the street. I came within six feet of hitting this car. Another time I fasted, me and Ted almost blew ourselves up with a hot water tank. It was just all these crazy things, like, really, Lord? And I found out whether that was part of the process, too. You have to be trained. See, a lot of our walking by the Spirit of God comes from being obedient. But, see, that means you come from you studying. Then you know his word. And you just move because he told you to move. See, so often we want to feel God's taking our hand, come on, child, and do this and do that. Yeah, I got you. Well, you know what? When you're a teenager, okay, your parents might have told you you don't need to wear that, but you put your own drawers on, you took your own bath, you washed your own behind, and you put your clothes on. Now, they might not like what you put on some of the time, but they didn't have to do that step by step. So God saying with God, he's training you by disciplining you by over and over again to be connected with him. And so now what happens is when you get past all of that frivolous stuff and you go and you press your way through, you get into his word when everything is pulling against you. You, you make time to study, to hear him, to spend time in prayer. When you're doing that, you're pressing all that other stuff back, and you're connecting more in the spirit realm. You're hearing clearer. Now you're sure, whereas before you weren't sure. See, but you got to keep doing this. That's why I tell some of you all you need to make fasting a habit because you got to get rid of the gunk. 
You got to get rid of the mess. You can't afford to fast one time or two times. No, you got to do it like once a week minimum. Because you got to you got to push this stuff down continuously till you're totally connected. Then you know his voice. The situation with my mom the other day. I knew I knew what God had promised me. If I if I if I had not if I was not sure of what He said, I could not have went there and stood on His word. Now, a couple of years ago, when the situation was going on, I don't know who it was. I was unsure of his word. And Erica, first word, I, I hadn't said a word. When the first word out of my mouth, God said, you know my boy. When he said that, then I prayed for my parents. Because until then, I was like, Lord, I know what you told me. I think, but I'm unsure. I, I know what you said. See, that's why you got to understand why you got to have those, uh, those who, who know how to go in. Those who are close to you. And your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Excuse me. Not your, not your associates, but your inner circle. Because of those times when you need to know God's voice for yourself and be assured, you need to have somebody who can go in, who knows the voice of God. And when Erica's first word out of her mouth was, you know my voice. When she said it, I got clarity, I then began to fight. And I fought then, and I fought last week, because I knew what God had promised me. But if you're not sure, you're going to fall. That's the necessity of differentiating the voices. That's the necessity of why you've got to be able to fast and pray for yourself and apply his word for yourself. Because, see, what happens, people, in reality, when the war is on most of the time, you don't have the opportunity to go and ask somebody to pray. You got to do it right there and there. You got to know God for yourself. I know in martial arts training, when they pull a, pull a knife or gun on you, you don't have time to go and train. You're going to pull out what's already inside of you. That's why the practice is of importance. And even in the practice, one of the things is that, you know, just one thing to practice is you're learning it. But then you had to get to a point where your practice was real. The practice, you, we would sometimes simulate stuff. We're walking down the street, and uh, there's other, might be two people. You don't know. And they just do whatever they want to do. Obviously, you don't know who got your weapon, how they come in, and you just got to react because it has to be real. And it's the same way here. You got to get into his word, and you got to practice it. And you got to go through because what's going to happen, you're going to get to a point where it's going to be real. When something's thrown at you and you got to react. You are, you don't have, well, what is the scripture? Hold up, let me get my body. Yeah, you know what? You ain't got time. You got to go. You got to come from within your heart. But the only way you can do that is if you got something in your heart to work with. That's the importance of doing this daily, of applying it. I'm going to keep reading this. Y'all don't want to hear what I got to say this morning. <sighs> but now having assimilated the laws of the spirit, they interpret life in the spirit as oscillatory, devoid of rule and arduous to practice. Many are determined to heed God's will and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, but they lack a positive forward propelling heart because they are not sure if the guidance of their intuition is wholly dependable. 
They have yet to learn to understand the indication of the intuition as to whether to advance or to stay. Hmm. They are additionally ignorant of what the normal state of the spirit is and thus incapacitated from being led continually by... Okay, I got to read all that again because you know what? Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Many are determined to heed God's will and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. They determine that in their mind. <clears throat> but they lack a positive for a propelling heart because they're not sure the guidance of the intuition is wholly dependable. Otherwise, I got to have somebody to take me by the hand because I can't do it on my own. They have yet to learn to understand the indication of the intuition as to whether advance or the state. The indication, the They have yet to begin to learn to understand the indication of their intuition. In other words, their own intuition. Yes, there are times that you're going to be led by somebody else, but then at a point in time, you're going to have to walk on your own. I'm going back to Lisa with, with her walking that rope when she was up there. She was scared, and the, and and the guy was holding her hand. Then somewhere around the middle, she didn't realize the guy had let her hand go. God's going to do the same thing. He's going to hold your hand. That's when you're baby. Like I said, a teenager, as a baby, you, you, you change the baby's drawers, you wash them, you all the stuff. When it becomes a teenager, there's so much you got to do on your own. But you've learned that the foundation is there. <sighs> they lack a positive force propelling heart because they're not sure if the guidance and intuition is wholly dependable. They have yet to learn to understand the indication of the intuition as to whether to advance or to stay. They are additionally ignorant of what the normal state of the spirit is and thus incapacitated from being led continually by what is the normal state of your spirit. The only way you can know the normal state of your spirit is if you are activating it, exercising it, flowing in it, talking in it. Like I said, out of the clear blue sky, when God spoke to me and told me in gully to pray. Yesterday on the job, I'm sitting up just trying to cut some drop some wood and I just stopped. Cause he, he he just hit me. And you gotta begin to understand that. And it's gonna happen. And then one of the main things <laughs> I remember when Erica first <laughs> when she first was learning and talking tongues and being there by spell, I told her to call me. She called me, what, an hour or two later, whatever. And then they said, okay, well, let's do it now. God, you got to let you know. God told me to do it then. You got to learn how to put it as a priority. You got to learn how to, okay, you know what, excuse me. However, you need to have it because he's a priority. And he has his reasons of why he's doing it and doing it then and there. You can. There are times when you can, and he'll let you know as you as you become trained. He'll let you know. Okay, I'm going to talk to you about this, but you don't have to talk to me right now. But then sometimes, okay, you need to go pray. But I got to. Okay, so so what it is is you got this paperwork or this deadline. You got, but the Most High God came and tapped you on your shoulder and said, "I need some time," and you're going to tell him, "Okay, well, let me finish my paperwork first. Really? Really? <laughs> like I said, when she called me two hours later, okay, I'm ready to I ain't got nothing to do now. You told God you do it when you was ready. That's literally what we're telling him. No, he's the most high. Seek ye first 
the kingdom of heaven and all those righteousness. But let's try you in all of this. They have yet to learn to understand the implication of the intuition as to whether to advance the state. They are additionally ignorant of what the normal state of the spirit is and are thus incapacitated from being led continually by it. Frequently, their inner man loses its power to operate for the simple reason that they do not know how to keep it in a right condition. Hmm. Hmm. Frequently, their inner man loses its power to operate for the simple reason that they do not know how to keep it in a right condition. Though they sometimes do experience revelation in their intuition, they nevertheless wonder why it is when they are earnestly seeking that at times their intuition does receive revelation, but at other times it does not. Mm. This, of course, is due to the fact that on some occasions they are unconsciously walk according to the law of the spirit and so obtain revelation, whereas at other moments those asking, they are not asking according to this law and therefore do not secure any revelation. So, at times, when we're asking God, seeking God, coming to God, and we feel that mm, he's not responding. What he's saying right here is maybe you're not asking correctly. Maybe you're not doing it the way that God needs you to do it. At the level that you're at. Again, he's got grace. Again, right now we're talking grad students. So you have to learn how to come before. One of the biggest, what, what, what do I normally do? Uh, anytime. You build up the presence of God. You go, you pray in the spirit. You do all these things before you do whatever. What are you doing? Principle-wise, I'm praying in tongues till I've got enough of the anointing that's flowing in me, around me, or through me that I can now connect and I can hear clearly. This morning when I woke up, I'm like, okay, it's like, oh, God. I, I, I looked at the clock at 6.15. I didn't get out to 6.45. Okay, Lord. All right, you know what? 6.50, I'm coming down. No, no, no. I can either stumble through or no, it's going to be late because I am nowhere near where I need to be in order to function to do this correct. I knew I wasn't connected, and I wasn't going to try to do it in five minutes. But I had to get my flesh up out of the way, and I had a little temper tantrum, so my flesh got more in the way. Recognizing that. But principle-wise, okay, put it down, put it down, put it down, put it down. Okay, connect. Okay, pray in the spirit. Now that I've built my spirit man up enough, I prayed in tongues, I've gotten the spirit, I edified myself, now I can begin to flow. There are processes. There are spiritual laws. you got to learn this. It, it's, it, as Erica says, I, I'm going to jack it up. It ain't as hard as we make it. It's easier than whatever I say. Bottom line is possible. Okay. Though they sometimes do experience revelation in their intuition, they nevertheless wonder why it is. When they are earnestly seeking that at, other, at the time their intuition does receive revelation, 
but other times it does not. Another thing, too, what you must understand is this is a walking in faith and that is a spirit-to-spirit connection. There are times when God will download things into your spirit man and you got to say, okay, Lord, I have it. When I, when I, do, when I do my Sunday morning, sir, I never really know what I'm going to talk about until Sunday morning. Seldom do what I know the day before. I'm going through the Spirit, and there's a moment when I'm going through the Spirit that he downloads the message. And, okay, I got the message. You got to go, hmm, okay, here it is. He down. I have received it. I know it. Now, do I know what I'm going to talk about at that point in time? No, still don't. In my mind, but my spirit man knows. So then from that point, it's just going through whatever to get the message out so I can see in my mind. But see, I have received it by faith. I, I've learned how to walk in the spiritual arena, and so now I know that it's there. So now it's just a matter of time till, I'm my, till he till it comes through whatever process. I've talked to some. I've talked to Erica sometimes on the phone and gotten a message or portions of it because he'll lead me in that way. But once it's in my inner, in my spirit, I know it's there, then it's just a matter of how it comes out. But, see, that's how he's trained me. It would be a little bit similar and a little bit different for you all. The principles are going to be the exact same thing. You know, see, okay, no, I'm not even going that route. I'm going to just keep reading. Though they sometimes experience revelation and intuition, they nevertheless wonder why it is when they are earnestly seeking that at times their intuition does receive revelation, but other times not. This, of course, is due to the fact that on some occasions they unconsciously walk according to the law of the Spirit and so obtain revelation, whereas in other moments, though asking, they are not asking according to this law and therefore do not secure any revelation. Were they to walk by the law of the Spirit continually rather than unconsciously following intermittently, they can always receive the revelation. In other words, practice makes perfect. There you go. Practice makes perfect. For those who speak in the spirit, at this one time, throughout the course of the day, you literally need to be praying a minimum of an hour in the spirit for your grad students. Now, that does not mean an hour continuously, but during the 24-hour period that you, on this day, there needs to be time that you have, pray, you have prayed in the spirit a minimum of an hour. It's just that simple. Grad students, whether it's while you're driving, washing dishes, somebody done pissed you off, you're trying to keep from saying something, or you're trying to hear from God, or you're trying to figure something out, a minimum of an hour. Because in each of those scenarios that I've given you, that was a time for you to come from your source which is your spirit, or your source, which is your flesh, because that's a choice. Because to come from your flesh, all that normally is is a reaction. <laughs> oh, normally all you got to do is just let it out, just release because it's there. But to come from your spirit, normally that's going to require some moments, some responding rather than some, re, uh, what is that, responding rather than reacting, some deep breath. You know what? Give me a moment. But that's how we have to learn. And when you do that, you'll find that God will be your source. A minimum of hour. And you find out, in all honesty, that it ain't that big of a deal. We think it is because we're going to do it. 
Okay. Let me see the combustor. Okay, I just did 10 seconds. This, of course, is due to the fact that on some occasions they constantly walk according to the law of the Spirit, and so obtain revelation, whereas at other moments, though asking, they are not asking according to this law, and therefore do not secure any revelation. Whether they should walk by the law of the Spirit continually rather than unconsciously following intermittently, they can always receive the revelation. Unfortunately, they are unaware of this possibility. It is nonetheless certain that for us to consistently experience revelation, we must know the laws of the Spirit and the will of God and must do the things which please Him. Oh, wait a minute, hold up. It is nonetheless certain that for us to consistently experience revelation, we must know the laws of the Spirit and the will of God and must do the things which please Him. Mm. Nonetheless, certain for us to consistently experience revelation, we must know the laws of the Spirit. Study to show thyself approved. Pull apart to find some time to spend with God, get in his word, to learn, to commune, to speak, and to let him guide and direct your path. That's how you begin to know the laws of the Spirit. And the will of God, again, reading. And must do the things which please him. That's your mentor. He will train you. Since all moments in the spirit are meaningful, we need to learn their import. We need to learn their import if we wish to walk faithfully. Understanding the laws of the spirit is therefore indispensable. There are countless Christians who consider the occasional working of the Holy Spirit in their spirit to be the most sublime of their life experiences. They do not expect to have such an experience daily because it surmises such a special event to happen but a few times in life. Were they to live by the Spirit according to his law, however, they would discover that those are everyday occurrences. What they deem extraordinary, something one cannot permanently sustain, is actually the ordinary daily experience of the believers. Extraordinary indeed if believers should desert this ordinary life experience and abide in the darkness. That is our message for today. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Question comes, criticism, conclusions. Going once. Going twice. Oops, I got to take that out of there. Going three times. What was your question? Question comes considered whatever. <laughs> Any comments regarding the reading, dear? Okay, I'm gonna take that as a no. Okay, I do some body balance. Uh. Good morning. How you doing? What's up, Nana? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I know I'm blessed. I know I got victorious. Got me victory because I'm up and I'm talking with the kids. Okay, do I'm ready. And what you had just said was... um. It's a proper way of doing things. 
You can do something and claim that you're doing it, but if you're not doing it in the right way, the right manner, with your mind focused on it in the right way, you're just spinning your wheel. Hmm. This is true. So, when we understand better, yeah, then when you get, get that understanding in there, then yeah, it's not it's not it's 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 not a hard thing to do. But when we're in the way. And we want to call the shots, and we want to embellish certain parts and stuff in order to glorify us. Then it becomes a struggle because we're not in it for the right reasons. So do we have our minds in the right place? Mm-hmm. If you want to learn something, and you're going to the person that knows to learn it, then you have to get let yourself step out of the way so that you can be open to take it in. Mm-hmm. If you're not being open to take it in, then you're not going to get the right education that you need in order to learn and to grasp hold of it. And just like in a relationship, everybody has to do their part. Anytime you have a one-sided, uh, anytime you have a one-sided situation. It seems the top side because it's not balanced. And the first thing he's asking is for us to come in so that he can teach us. That we have the tools already. But if you don't know how to use them, you don't take time to learn the instruction, what good are they going to be for you? Mm-hmm. You're going to use them, you're going to mess them up, you're going to tear them up. When you need them the most, they're not there for you because you didn't respect them, respect yourself, or to keep them where they will be there for when you need them. We do this stuff every day, but then, too, we tend to find other people to blame, to point fingers and put the blame on them instead of what parts of wives done to be a better steward of these tools. Um, I told you Sunday I went to church, went to a new church, and the first thing they talked about was how to be uh, a slave, a servant, and a good leader. And that was, and, and, and with all of that, it was down to the point of being obedient, humble, and be willing to open up and listen. Because you can't do yourself any good, you can't do anybody else any good if you're not centered on what you need to be centered on in order to be effective. Now, mm-hmm. no, I, the only thing I was thinking about when you were saying that was um, we, as children of God, need to learn how to do things according to the scriptural biblical way, which a lot of times contradicts, because you say, you you were saying that, you know, um, basically I'm just saying being effective, and we will do things, but we got to learn how to do things according to how God and the Word of God directs our steps. That's what we as children of God must understand and, and walk accordingly to. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's getting the glory out of all of this. But see, for some reason, we want to make it seem like it's all about us, and that's the and that's the major thing that we wind up messing up on. 
That's the flesh. That's the flesh. And the flesh will do the flesh. If you do not push your flesh down, it's going to rise. There's nothing you need. All you do is, need to do is to do nothing, and your flesh is going to rear its head. It takes uh-huh. more for you to put your flesh under. It's, it's going to rear it like I did this morning. It was, it was up. I had to just wake up and move, and it was up. I had to put it under because it, it so what am I saying? That it's going to take more for you to walk according to the, how God wants you to walk than according to how you want to walk. It requires more right. from you. Uh-huh. And you know you got you know you got your little backup group, the naysayers, sitting over there watching you. And then they want to say, you know, can't nobody do that. You don't need to do that. But see, they see that you're doing it, and it's like, okay, well, guess what? We start laughing at them or talking about them. They can feel like an outcast. Okay, they're, 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 you know, that'll get them over here to and sometimes, And a lot of times it works for people. A lot of times it works for you, and they say it. Mm-hmm. And then they go into, I told you. So, see, I told you you couldn't do that. I don't know why you're going to try it. But if you were to stay focused and pick yourself out of the equation, then they start looking at you, ooh, you know, you got some that look at look at you puzzled, you got some naysayers that'll look at you in envy and jealousy. Well, I guess they wouldn't get I guess it can be doing. Well, I ain't gonna do it. I well, I ain't strong enough to do it. Okay, see that's another pull in. Because in the event we are asked to invite people in, not to show you know, they have to willingly we have to willingly give up our will. But then some people feel like, okay, well, if this is what you can do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to help me through, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this up easy. But then too, at that point, you got to decide, but you got to ask for help to let them go, or if they work, holding on to. Mm-hmm. Are they there to honestly test you to see how good that you paid attention? Or is it a part for where, okay, let's see if you can let go. If you have to go back into prayer and ask, is it time to let this person go? It's not judging them. It's not saying that you don't love them. But if they're trying to take you to a place that he doesn't want you to go, who are you going to pay attention to? This person that's over here making noise and trying to get you to go ahead and do wrong or to listen to someone or either listen to God's voice and let you know, hey, I got this. You got them this far? Okay. If this is between me and them, you have nothing to do with it. You already did your part. Um, one time in um, Bible study, it was asked, who in the Bible saves the most souls? I said, well, here go the thing. I said, you could say the woman at the well. You could say John. You could say a couple of other people, but they weren't keeping count because they wasn't saving souls for the people. They was saving souls and all those nights went on Jesus' bill. 
it's down to the point, some things you can't sit up there and put into a competition. If it's asking, if it's put into your heart to do, then you go ahead you, and you pray on it, get confirmation, and you do it. You don't do it to say, hey, look at me. Look what I did. If you did it and they saw that you did it and they give you a compliment, say thank you, glory be to God, and keep it moving. One thing Jesus didn't do while he was here doing his miracles, he didn't let the people commercialize him. And he always stayed true to his call and said he was here to do the work of his father. He never deviated away from that. And that's how we have to be. Time is criticism? Nope, nope, nope. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else got anything? Reese, you got your nickel worth? She's back there playing with the people in the office. All righty. Well, if that's the case, it's time for the prayer list. And, um, I can't get to because my father's cleaning the floors. So, I want to improvise. We can't get it all together. Improvise. I think I need to go ahead and start my singing career. I got the right look. I'm at the right age. I got so much stuff working, working for me. I might as well just jump out there and do it. Go ahead, people. Hey. Build the fire, yeah. Build the fire, build the fire, build the fire. Build that? Build the who? <laughs> Say what? You can feel the who? Build the fire, baby. You got to feel the fire. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't be you just sound like people right there. You sound more like Alicia Keys. You know what? You, you know, you, you know, you know. Okay, see, I'm going to get these lists, and I'm going to do what I got to do, and I'm not going to pull up with this foolishness right now just because you don't, you, don't, you don't understand my, my tonality. <laughs> you heard my feelings, which I ain't got. Hey, I'm praying for you, my brother. Would you rather me to lie to you when you get out there? And you get out there um, too transparent and say, well, how come ain't nobody close to me trying to tell me I need to work on a little bit more? <sighs> Whatever. Well, what was that Chinese dude, I think it was a Chinese dude who got on American Idol, even though he, you know, got kicked off or whatever, but he made some goofy song and made bang. money off. Huh? He bang. I can't. I think I, I don't. I just. I just. I just remember the song barely. Yeah, he made she bang, and then it was a black guy, an older black guy, that came up with uh, "Why you walking around with your pants on the ground?" Mm, okay, I think I think it was the first one. He said she bang. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was something goofy, but yeah. So that's me. I, see, I can make my money. All I need is one hit record. That's it. That's all. That's it. I'm good. And if it catches, and if it catches the ear, hey, hey, I can pay off some of these bills. That's what I'm trying to do. There you go. Hey, but you know, Williams is gonna always be around. Hmm. Baby, I got Williams sons and bills, and graduated to William. I got Williams sons. No, I have graduated to the heir of the Williams sons, the third. <laughs> I mean, but look at but but look but look at the spelling of William. The who the who the what? Look at the spelling of William. W i l l i m. Right, Will I am. You are your will. Oh, oh, that's what you're talking about, William. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will I am. You are your will, or either will, and the great I am is with you, so you're covered. All right. Okay. I'll buy that for you. <laughs> I mean, but at all you've gone through and you're still here. Yep. And you and, and 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 you baffled on some of it for where you surprised that you made it through, but you did. Oh, that's pretty mildly, to be honest with you. When you only had two dollars in your pocket, but you needed two hundred, and that two dollars manifested into that two hundred you needed. It came. It did come at the time that you thought it should, but it came on time when you needed it. Yep. Yep. You was able to leave your house and come back home in one piece. Yep, 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 yep. And that is the will of I am. Now with the now with the economic monetary um atmosphere here, you you know, through 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 your will, you create deals. Some for where it's a necessity, some is just that it's, 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 it's a want. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was growing up, my parents always told us, take care of your needs first, wants come later, and let your wants be few. Because mm-hmm. anytime you start making, getting bills on more of your wants instead of necessity, something wrong. Mm-hmm. You gotta change your mindset and your priority. I said, but uh, yeah, you could work on a little bit more. Cause right down that second, you sound like Alicia Keys. You want to sound more like Keys? Uh, 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 okay, I'm gonna get this list. I can do this and get this presence going. So now, how about that? Okay. Uh, okay. Morgan Farley, or Rumbuskiri,
Nick Brandon Hollis, Samantha, who's going to go to the Gandhi, 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 go to the Kuskirikosha, Charles Yes, Lord, we praise your name. Yes, Lord, we praise your name. 
Teresa Crosby, the Tone family, the Moon family. Oh, the Reddit family. Stephanie. My boy, Yes, Father, we praise you. we glorify you. Diana Walgreens, lady. Bye, boy. Change, lady. Hush, get a good dish, get a good dish, get a combust, get a condition, 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 Do you know the door? Yeah, the door, don't you? As he creaks to the door. Okay. Um. Line Okay. Come on, Corden, Nick, Marissa, Charles, Benny. Brandon, Ebony, Arthur, Joshua, Hunter and Jay, Hushka, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossambraca, Hushka, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossaka, Hushka, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossaka, Horomboski, Shandraska, Sakara, and everybody else on the list, Hushka, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossaka, Hushka, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossaka, Hushka, the Gossetia, the Gossetia, the Gossaka, Umbroska, the Gossetia, the Gossaka, Umbroska, Sandroske, Sakara. Alright, just that list. Alright, I got the move. Tolan, Teresa, Kim. Push the 
Tony Iron, who did the position of Bosco, 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 トニーブロックスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッシュルゴスウィッ
teaches the past all understanding. Who should go there? 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 Supernatural strength. Yes, you're going to say, you're going to say, you're going to say, you're going to say, you're Financial breakthroughs and turn on. Who's going to go say, you're going to say, you're going to say, you're going to say, you're going to I'm done. I ain't done else. All right, decree for a request and get off the phone. Can I have a prayer, please? What? Can I have prayer, please? Hello, Sean. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm here. Okay. Um, yeah, let me pray for you. Father, let me pray for more again. Boski did a combrandi, skid it a gossip desk and a combroski de gossip desk, a combrandi de gossip desk, a combroski de gossip desk, a combroski de gossip desk, a combroski de Help us to see, Lord. Mm. Help us to focus. There are many things that you desire for her to see, Father, but she pulls away from. There are many things, Lord, that you are guiding her into, Lord, but she's trying to sidestep and take another route. Hold her hand and keep her steady, keep her focused, and keep her on track. That are not getting sidetracked, discouraged, upset, but let her continue to seek your faith in your presence and trust in that which you're doing in her life. There's a transition coming that you're preparing her for, Lord. She must walk in the fullness of what you're calling her to do so she can be ready for it. Love on her, Father. Preserve her. Keep her, Lord. For it is only in you and through you that she can rise up and become the woman God has called her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Right, anybody else want to pray? Yes, I do, please. Thank you. 
What'd you say? Yes, I would like prayer, please. Thank you. Uh, so, Miss Ash. I'm not going to talk with you. Live. Interesting. Help her as well as me to get over ourselves, Lord, for there are many times that we are getting in the way of what you want to do, Lord. Help her as well as myself, Father, to get beyond the flesh nature and tap into the spiritual arena. Let the spirit of God rise up and resonate within her, Father, so she can flow in you and through you. There's a great anointing and a great calling on her life. But walking in the flesh will slow that down. Help her to divorce herself from herself so she can rise up in the spirit man of God. And it is from that that the giftings and callings that are upon her life will greatly increase. But she has to release herself. She desires to hold on to herself too much, Lord. She desires to walk in herself too much, Lord, and that's impeding a greater walk and a greater flow on the anointing of Christ. As you continually move in your child, as you continually anoint, keep, direct, impart, strengthen, as you continually speak life into your daughter, she will slowly but surely Release those things that are holding her captive and walk more into that which you called her to do. She will flow greatly because of you, Lord. So, help her to see, to release, and to move into the fullness and into the next level that you wanted to walk in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, who else is fresh? Okay, you can hit me while I go down here to the Cook County Treasury Department. Oh, okay. Thank you. Father God, let me pray for Nene. Help her, Father, and strengthen her walk. Gird her up and keep her. Let her not be pulled to the side, but to increase in you. Illuminate your path and direct her steps. Encourage her, Lord. For she is truly your vessel and your daughter. Help her to understand that it's only the anointing of God that will break the yokes and transition her life. 
help her to understand that it's only the anointing of Christ that makes a difference in her walk. Help her to choose you, Father. To choose you. To choose you, Lord. As your word goes forth, Father, she will begin to grow and to gravitate into the deeper things of God, the hidden mysteries of God. So, Father God, move in your daughter and release your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Who's next going once? Who's next going twice? That's going three times. All right, and decrease. Decrease going once. Decrease going twice. Going three times. Hold it up to my president and get off the phone. Father God, thank you for letting us come together to suck in another wonderful day of your creation. Also, for us to come to come together at the table to get spiritually fed, to strengthen our spirit, to let our flesh know that our spirit is what rules under you, and not our flesh under the thoughts of man. Lord, thank you for the schooling. Thank you for the spiritual food. Thank you for having patience with us to get us to understand our purpose and your will. Lord, thank you for finding us victorious today to participate, as well as to be your foot soldiers to go out and to welcome in all those who are here and want to get close and know you. For it is our personal relationships with you is for where we truly start to grow. Thank you for our brother of obedience, Sam Farley, for his dedication to come bring forth your word every day and for uplifting you and for us coming together to praise you. Lord, as he takes his steps today, order his steps as well as wherever his feet land, let him go and spread the good news about you. Then at your protective angels, whatever may pass him in question, give him understanding, whatever is in his journey, let him know that you got him. Me and Brother Farley have talked about the importance of the name William him giving his will over to you, which is the great I am. And out of that, what better protection can you have? Let him go out through the day to enjoy this beautiful weather and also to go and be about your work. In the name of the Son, Jesus, I pray, amen.
Amen, amen, amen. All righty. I'll have y'all later. Okay, talk to y'all in the a.m. Have a blessed one. All right, peace.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.